Hi, and welcome to the CCB Weekly Check-In Podcast with your host, Timothy Prendergast. It's 2021. We have an evolving podcast where we hear from our people, their stories, and learn and develop along the way. So sit back and relax and enjoy this week's episode of the Weekly Check-In Podcast. It is the CCB Weekly Check-In Podcast with me, Tim Prendergast. Um, You will all be aware that uh, as we record, we're in Digital Week, but uh, as we potentially go out, Digital Week was was last week, uh, bringing awareness of of digital and beginning really a a four-stage process within our digital transformation within the business and and really, uh, I guess, living that mantra of being a a digital bank with that human touch. Um, And we're sort of going to all avenues and you might have tuned into things like the Manchester United uh, session that was held um, around sort of digital media and the impact that that's made on on the club, Uh, the session with hypnosis and and digital music and and all things there, Um, right through to the plethora uh, of other sessions that have been held during the week. And uh, we thought we would go into the realms of sport as well. And we're really lucky today um, because we, our guest today is a uh, British rower, uh, Joe Ratton. Joe, huge welcome to the podcast. Um, First things first, I won't ask you where you are because you, you, you're on the seaside somewhere and the, the birds are chirping in the background. Very curious, as, as we, as I sit in uh, my five-year-old bedroom, my five-year-old's bedroom, uh, as the last year or so. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of uh, you know your sport, your career so far, and, and some of the major achievements? Um, yeah, so obviously I'm Joe Ryan and I'm part of the senior team with GB Rowing. Um, I'm from the northeast and moved down to live in the south to train, um, to be part of the centralised training uh, with the team. And I did that in 2016. So just after, obviously, the last Olympics had finished and thought I'd make the move down and, and got invited to be part of the senior team. So I did that in 2016 and I've been living in the south since. Um, I got into the sport really interestingly um, through World Class Start, which is... Um, the support team that comes in and finds the developing athletes through GB rowing. So it's kind of your sporting giants kind of um, selection. And I do think it's, it's funny. I didn't actually think about this until, you know, you contacted me and said, let's chat data and tech. And I thought actually that's so interesting that the way that I started was based on a big, a big um, history of, you know, what makes a good rower. Um, And it's, arm span all of this data they've had on past olympians past rows that have been super successful and it's arm span height power output um and all the rest of it and that's basically how i was scouted and i was a 16 year old um in a pe lesson we had a a coach come in and our pe teacher you know handpicked four or five of us that were over six foot and it was come on you've got to get on this um bike it's one of those like assault bikes we had to do a test on um, and arm span and the rest of it. And uh, I fit I fit the bill, to be honest. I um, didn't really enjoy sport as, as a child. And I was more into, I did dance and more into playing out and not really, never really was captured by a sport from school. And I think it's really interesting that it can be something that you wouldn't have even dreamt of doing. And I went down to the rowing club and just absolutely loved it. There was four girls of us, four of us who were scouted and we went down to the club, got out in the boat and funnily enough, the first thing they said was, right, let go of the of the handles. 
which obviously having never done it before was like okay cool sure sure I will fell in so the first thing we did was learn to get back in the boat and it kind of just went from there so much fun and such a good social side but um then I just I caught the bug and wanted to be better and didn't realize that there was a super competitive athlete inside of me and was super super grateful rowing's brought that out of me um but really interesting how actually I was handpicked through through data um (laughs) which I actually hadn't even thought of until I uh sat down and thought about this podcast so yeah that's a little bit of a little bit of background on me that's really interesting. You've obviously made that journey all the way through into the high performance squad. Are there sort of yeah. other other colleagues um, within the rowing fraternity and Team GB and that have come through and you know, gone on and won medals at Olympics or Paralympics? That... Yeah, so I mean, Helen Glover, obviously um, one of our reigning Olympic champions, she, double Olympic champions, she was also on World Class Start, uh, Vicky Thornley, Karen Bennett. These are all girls who've gone on to get gold and silver medals um through 2012 and through Rio so it does just show that actually you know if you are the right kind of stature and you apply yourself then actually it is really possible and obviously there's a you know there's a lot of there's a lot more to it than just having long arms and being <laughs> a bit crazy in the head but um <laughs> it, it yeah it does go to show that the, the um program does work uh but yeah now I'm part of the team and thriving there and loving it. So that's really good. Yeah, awesome. I mean, you, you talk about the, the the days where you recruit and yeah, very, very scientific in terms of the, you know, the uh, criteria to, to, to become part of that program. But I mean, can you cast your mind back to, you know, as you know, we're, we're doing digital week here, just in terms of that first sort of club experience and what part did technology play in terms of the day-to-day training and, uh, and analysis and maybe superimpose and compare that against, you know, what you're, you're used to now at Caversham and the high performance center that you're, you're a part of. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go and you learn to row and you're taking out these big tub boats and uh, you just put any, they've got any old size shoe in them and you just hope your feet don't fall out and all the rest of it. And you've got to try and kind of make your way to the top with with what you've got and we did have because I was part of World Class Start we did have some access to some of the technical advance advantages of having for instance our lactate taken and put through a machine to see how many how much minimal of lactate was in your blood um, at different intervals in your training to to check your training in the right training zone for instance and we would have access to that through World Class Start maybe um two or three times a year which obviously was super super helpful at the time but you and I both know that your training can change week to week if you've if you know you could be under recovered you could be you could be absolutely flying and if you are not working in the right training zones that can really hinder that and I didn't I don't think I really truly saw how useful that is until I, I got into the team and it was before COVID times it was you know every single um, steady state ergo that we did we'd have our blood taken and it was what's your heart rate how what's your lactate okay cool this is the this is the zone that we see as ut2 so you know bring the split down on the machine for the next 6k a pip because you know we think we, we think you're pushing it a bit too a bit too hard today or, or actually that's really good you can move that on so we're always constantly right on the edge and checking that we're training in the right zones and and that's, you know, that's, we wouldn't have without the support staff who are able to do that for us, but they then can graph that for us over, 
a, a week period, a six month period. And it's, it's constantly keeping us on our toes, but it's also so important for us to get to that high end and that high performance end to have that information available to us. Um, so yeah, I found that really useful, especially as a new athlete going in, you know, you're not really sure where you should be training. You're wanting to make the most of every single session every day and you want to prove why you should be there. And actually that can be, you know, the um, excitement of a young athlete can be quite dangerous sometimes. And it's good to just be reined back in and on a steady yeah. feather off the pedal a bit and you're doing fine. So that was really useful in the first couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And with that depth of, of detail, and I, I sort of, it resonates with me. I remember being a, a high school runner and coach would give you almost the program for a month and you'd follow yeah. that methodically versus sort of in the latter stages where you've got your structure of where you're going. Yeah cycle but was it to that point where you know you would be tweaking things on a on a daily basis almost in terms of tempo rhythm even even distance or amount of of, of reps or efforts you were doing because yeah they, they... yeah absolutely like we'd get we get given the program for the for the week for two week blocks and you know you can pick out where your sessions are and where you're going to exert your energy and one of the coaches once said to me, you've got your A, B and C session of the week and those are the sessions, you know, your A session's the one you're going to go for, your B session and your C session and the rest of them are there just to facilitate the training and to keep you ticking over. You cannot make every session an A session and it did take me quite a while to figure that out but with the use of um, the, you know, the the blood sampling that we can do with the lactate and with the use of the heart rate monitors and even down to the equipment that we put on our boat. So we have telemetry, which we put on the boat and that's all wired up through the gate, through to the foot plate. Um, and that, that can, like you said, the tempo and the rhythm and that can see your power output. And if you're wearing a heart rate monitor versus your heart rate. And it, so it is down to every single stroke we take. And that is paramount. I think when you are, getting to that level because if you we're endurance athletes who also like to apply the power so it's and the intensity is up but you've also got to keep the mileage up like it is a really a special spot in that in that sense that you have to get the sessions right because if you do one of those sessions slightly overcooked during the week that that can you know ruin your training for a good four-week block so I found that especially you know the amount of strain you're putting on your body um I found that that um detail of information that we were getting back is super super useful at first a bit overwhelming um because I didn't really know what to do with it all but as I learned to use it and use it for myself I found it yeah really really useful yeah I mean I'm going off piece a bit but I think it's really <laughs> important um because it's something within our business particularly in the last 12 months that fatigue that um uh sort of prioritizing recovery perhaps for mm -hmm. me has been really difficult given workloads and things like that um but can you just um i guess a minute and on on after saying all that you've just said just around how paramount a, a part recovery actually plays in in terms of it's a, it's a part of your training program isn't it yeah it's, i i mean there's the good old saying that like a rest is as good as the actual session like it is so important for us to refuel recover rehydrate all of those things are if, if you're not doing that then the training is not going to be you're not going to adapt to the training your body's not going to adapt to it you have to you're putting so much out there you have to put back in what you've used 
I guess it's like a car, like a good old diesel engine. You've got to, you've got to keep it ticking over. You've got to keep it looked after. And if you don't look after it, it's not going to pay back. Um, and that's exactly it. Like you, you have to, I mean, you'll know this as well. You have to treat your body as is like, you've got to really fine tune it and look after it. Otherwise it's not going to give you back what you need. Um, and again, I found that um, I actually suffer with um, ulcerative colitis and I had quite a bad flare up this year. And I think that was also a huge, a huge learning curve for me was you have to listen to your body. And, you know, you'll have the the demons in your head that, are, you know, you're fine, you're fine. This, you know, you just you're tired today. You're fine. Crack on. Uh, actually, no, sometimes you have to listen to yourself and be like, OK, you're not fine. And again, use the data that's there, like there's resting heart rate. The simplest thing is resting heart rate can be so useful. Yeah. Your body will show you if, if you take any resting heart rate, which we do every single day, you seeing how hydrated you are in the morning, you can you can see when your body's not playing ball and you can say, OK, right, I'll listen. Let's do something else today. Let's just have a nice stretch or go for a walk or, you know, refuel, rehydrate. Yeah, yeah. Can you, uh, what's the lowest you've had your resting heart rate? I'm actually, I'm not one of those um, super, superheroes. <laughs> no, the lowest mine's probably been about 45, but I'm I'm on the other spectrum. My um, max heart rate's wild. I think there's like a little hamster heart inside this body. What, what have you got? <laughs> you've obviously got uh, this, um, yeah, so I think the highest I've ever capped it when I was probably in my teens was 20, was 212. Oh and then in recent year, like this year, I've had it at 202. And I mean, I'm getting on. I'm 29 years old. I think that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. But listeners who might not know that, I mean, the, uh, certainly the formula when I was growing up, I'm pretty sure it still holds fairly true. Generally, your your maximum heart rate is 220 minus your age, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that, You're doing all right at 202. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spring um, chicken <laughs> last one from me and i know we've had a couple of chats before um the session on this so uh, it'd be interesting where it goes i mean in my sport of athletics and yeah, i'm, a, I'm a, uh, a proud um enjoyer of the social aspects of, of running i still got to keep fit and that's about it but i mean the technology has just spiked incredibly in terms of shoe technology to the point that after the olympics this year i believe there's going to be some real changes in terms of what footwear athletes can, can can wear I mean is that sort of something that you see happening in rowing in terms of the actual machinery the uh, the boats and things is, is that evolving quickly is there going to be a, a race to the top in terms of who can create the you know, the super fast uh, you know, piece of machinery um yeah we obviously had a little chat about this before and I mean I think it's as it's not as it is obviously very high tech the shape of our um, racing holes and our blades and you know the equipment that we have like down to the foot stretcher you want the lightest it's all carbon fiber um, our blades are as aerodynamic as they can be um, and we actually have a, a minimum weight that each boat can be in at regattas we'll obviously have it weighed because the light of the boat you're gonna go I guess that's similar with cycling but um in terms of, of that changing, I don't see that changing much in the next few years. I do think that technology in terms of what we can use as training data, that that might that's evolving and it's evolved since I've been on the team in terms of the again back to the telemetry that I mentioned. So the power output that you can see um 
a couple of the girls in the fall were, were trying out like having a live um live phones clipped onto their riggers so by their feet they can see their power output they can see their power curve they can see all of that kind of data instantly which we've never really had in in the boats before you can kind of see your time on the ergo in the screen in front of you indoors and outdoors it's obviously more about the feel and i guess the clock <laughs> you're racing the clock and but it's obviously how the boat feels and how it's running and how it's coming back to you so i i see that as you know we also spoke about that um when we had a little chat yesterday sometimes the technology is incredible and it's great and you've got all that feedback and um you can have the you can have the shiniest quickest hull and the best blades but i do also think it comes down to the fine skill and and the general feel of and the finesse um with the sport like rowing i do i have this is going to be it might be cheesy but i do think it's quite a fine art um of you know timing placement of the blade uh and we use we go back and use a video for instance is is super useful if you can slow a video right down and see the time frame of where the boat the boat is running high and the blade is connecting to the water and then how the body's pushing like that that can be really really useful feedback so yeah i mean gone a bit off course there with the question but i do i do see um rowing pranks staying pretty simple in terms of the actual equipment we use but i do think that we could probably get more high tech with instant feedback yeah and i think that's such a, a great message maybe to almost finish on in terms of the, the the data that we're getting the technology that's there is, is incredible it's invaluable it's so useful um but yeah not um losing sight of the the pureness of the sport and yeah. know, enjoyment and as, as you say the the feel of rowing in your case and in my case running as well so not being a exactly slave to it all the time i guess yeah, yeah. Oh, well, well joe fantastic to chat thank you so much for um giving up part of your your seaside day um, <laughs> thank you for having me hope no everyone's enjoyed the tweeting of the birds but <laughs> can't miss an opportunity in the uk to be out in the sun hey indeed indeed you take care <laughs> yourself and um thank you you too okay. Soon. Thanks. Lovely to chat. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you very much, Joe Ratton, uh, for being our guest on this the first of a, a double bill, a digital double bill of the weekly check in podcast. Really putting a spotlight on sport and the impact that technology has had on rowing. Really interesting conversation in some regards, a, a huge. Um, deal of importance placed on uh, on on the technology, uh, but also refreshing on that other hand to hear a little bit about um, some of the uh, the the getting back to basics, the purity, the feel of uh, of getting out on the water there. So good from a well-being perspective that, that that's preserved as well. So very very important as we move into this digital world um, to maintain uh, that human touch as well. So Joe, all the very best with your pursuits um, in the future as well. And uh, once again, congratulations on all the success that you've had to date. That's all from us. Thank you very much for joining us on the weekly check-in podcast. We'll see you again next time. Bye for now.